0: Uh, in this space, going to dig into the gospel of Matthew, chapter 24. If you have your Bibles with you, I invite you to turn with me there. Matthew, chapter 24. We're going to begin at verse 36 and then follow on through verse 46. Uh, if you don't have your Bibles with you, you can follow along with the words on the screen as we, together the people of God, hear the word of the Lord. But about that day or hour, no one knows. That is how it will be at the coming of the son of man. Two men will be in the field, one will be taken, and the other left. Two women will be grinding at the with the handmill, one will be taken, and the other left. Therefore, keep watch, because you do not know on what day your Lord will come. But understand this, if the owner of the house had known at what time of night, the thief was coming, he would have kept watch and would not have let his house be broken into. So you also must be ready, because the Son of Man will come at an hour when you do not expect him. Who then is the faithful and wise servant, whom the master has put in charge of the servants in his household to give them their food at the proper time? It will be good for that servant whose master finds him doing so when he returns. This is God's word offered to us in its reading and in its hearing. So we, together the people of God, give thanks to the Lord God Almighty. Would you bow with me for a word of prayer? Gracious and loving God, what a gift it is to come together, your people, around your word. We know in your word there is found power, in your word there is found truth, in your word there is found grace. So we ask, O oh Lord, that you would open our eyes, that we would see, our ears, that we would hear, open our minds, we would come to know, understand your word and your will, open our hearts, that we would feel its power. Open our hands then, O oh God, that we would then be your instruments offering grace to the world. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen. So I've often been curious uh, in this community to do kind of a a survey uh, of, of character traits, one in particular, and so, you know, Sunday morning, it's as good a survey spot as any by show of hands who admits that they are a procrastinator, raise your hands. Hold on! No, no, don't put him down. So Kevin, he, he's like up and down, <laughs> and so you get called out by name in front of everybody. Okay, good. Uh, <laughs> I didn't, didn't mean that. You can put it down. <laughs> I love you. Uh, so, so I, you know, without a show of hands, I might have just asked a few simple questions like. Uh, How many of you, when having plenty of money in your bank account, have gotten a late fee for not paying an electric bill on time? Uh, Or I could have said, how many of you have run out of gas in your car? Or how many times have you run out of gas in your car? Uh, Aiden's over there wanting to get the microphone so he could testify to the time in which Jason and that's me. Uh, he and I were riding back from Iowa and uh, we ran out of gas where there was nothing. <laughs> and we attempted to run to a gas station like, uh, you know, two 5Ks back to back to get some gas. Uh, anyway, well, that's another story for another day. Not the reason why we're here, Um, (laughs) but it was fun. Um, While I'm a procrastinator, I'm also a list maker. Uh, I love making lists, uh, and I love deleting them out of my phone as I've accomplished them, or if I've written it down to strike through it. Uh, It's satisfying. But I've noticed a, a tendency that I have as a procrastinator with list making is that, uh, that uh, when I build my list, I build it in what I want to in the order of what I want to accomplish each day. And I'm like, boom, 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 boom. But inevitably, a conversation will get, go long or I will uh, get distracted, rabbit, you know, squirrel, the whole deal. And so you've, you've witnessed it, church. And so So then what was on the list for that day gets moved to the bottom. And then when I build the list for the next day, it's incorporated in again. Some of you know where this is going. Now, those things that get bumped to the bottom of the list, sometimes they will get bumped many days in a row. Maybe even for weeks, something that is on the list will keep getting bumped from the list. Day after day after day for weeks. But then the question arises within me as I look at that, why does it keep getting bumped? And it's for one of two reasons consistently. Number one, it shouldn't have been there in the first place. It was trash. I shouldn't have ever added it to my list. It, most often, it's something that I was taking responsibility for that wasn't really mine to take responsibility for in the first place. It should have been delegated. And so I repent of that. Right? The second kind of thing that gets bumped consistently is the hard thing. The thing that I know is going to take that kind of oomph emotionally, spiritually, physically to do. Why do we or why do I? have a tendency of shying away from the hard thing. Jesus calls us his disciples today not to an easy task but to a hard one. Not because it not because it's hard but because it's worth it. Not because he wants us to face this challenge or trial but because It has that much value. And so when we dive into God's word here and we hear directly from Jesus on this critical matter, we can be confronted with the fact that it's hard. But we must hear that Jesus doesn't invite us there without value. This is a a conversation that Jesus is having with his disciples. I love when Jesus is talking with his disciples because it helps me put us, you and I, in that situation. Disciples of Jesus Christ, hearing from the Lord. And as with the rest of the disciples, we might have at one point or another or oftentimes, in fact, asked ourselves, when is Jesus going to return? We, we, we profess it together whenever we gather around Holy Communion once a month and we say Christ has died, Christ has risen, Christ will come again. We believe that Christ will return in final victory. We believe that at His return, uh, all of creation will be restored and made new, this new creation in our midst. And so we, the people of God, might have asked often, in fact, Oh, Lord, when are you returning? Maybe even, Lord, I, I wish for you to return. His disciples were asking that question, when is this second coming? And, and he has a very clear answer for us. He says, you don't know. I don't know. Not even the angels know, only the Father knows. And, and so that, that, that puts us in a, uh, sort of a situation. Like, God, I would like a little more detail here, Lord, please. Uh, a couple of thousand years later, I'm still asking Lord when? And, and, and the Lord says, no, not for you to know, not for me to know, not for the angels to know, only for the Father to know. And so we wrestle with that and we sit with it And Jesus gives us specific instructions about how we are to live in that in-between space. That time between Jesus was incarnate, the Son of God, born, lived, was crucified, died, and buried so that he might rise to eternal life. And as he ascended into heaven, we now live in the in-between until he returns. He gives us instructions on how to live there. But before he gives those instructions, he, he describes what this second coming will be like. Did, did you catch that? At the opening of the passage that we were in, chapter 24, it, it continues in verse 37 with one example and then turns again in, in verse 39 and, and 40. Uh, at the beginning, he talks about how it, will, how it was with Noah, that you had Noah building the ark and the whole world is operating as it were right they're eating and drinking marrying and giving in marriage life is going on and no one knew except for Noah that a flood was coming and then the flood came like that in an instant in the twinkling of an eye in a very moment that will be what it will be like for us when Jesus returns he says then he gives two more examples. He gives an example of a couple of men, and then one is taken and one is left. A couple of women, one is taken and one is left. And, and we can get caught up in that, and we start wondering and having questions about the rapture, and we've read books or watched movies about the rapture. And, and to be quite clear, I don't fully know exactly the mechanics of said rapture. All I know is that Jesus says, this is what it'll be like. Some will be taken into life eternal with God, and some will not. And that's a hard truth for us to really lean into. Some of us have, have heard of universalist teachings where, where we, 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 we desire, our hearts desire, align with this teaching that that everybody would be saved, that it would all be, it would all be okay, and and no one will experience. Harm or hurt or hell. And so whenever we we hear that teaching, we're drawn to it because it's easier. But that's not the truth of what Jesus teaches. He says some will be taken and some won't. Now you begin to feel a little bit of that sense of urgency erupt within you. Good. That's what Jesus was doing for his disciples. He wanted you to feel urgent about the gospel. To not sit back complacent, comfortable in your own salvation, but rather to lean into the the sad and tender truth that the gospel is available for everyone. And yet some will not accept it. And so Jesus gives us instructions, two, two instructions particularly that, that we'll lean into. The first is to keep watch, keep watch. Now some of us will interpret that falsely as a passive waiting, as though we are to sit back, complacent, just looking out on the horizon, thinking maybe the sun We'll set in a few moments. We, we, we're not called to that. This keep watch Jesus describes for us to, so that we could lean in a little bit further and, and really tap into this urgency. He says this keeping watch is like someone who knows that a thief is going to break into their home at a specific time. How would you behave? That's Jesus' question. If you knew... tonight this is not a prophetic word this is not a prophetic word if if you knew at 2.30 tonight someone was going to break into your house to steal your stuff what would you do well Jesus knows the answer because the answer is obvious you would put the little sign out in your yard, you know, protected by ADT. Then you'd put the other sign in your yard, protected by Smith and Wesson, then you put the, like you'd do all the signs, right? And then and then you would like stay awake. You might even invite some friends over. your big friends, right? You'd get the friends, y'all would all stay over. You'd have a you'd have a, like stay up at night, you'd be playing spades at the dinner table, like no drinks, because we gotta be clear, like clear-minded, right? We'd be playing spades at the dinner table, everybody gather around, and then at at two o'clock is game time. Like we're 30 minutes early, we pre-gaming, we' warming up, like the whole deal. You know what I'm saying? This is what it would be like. And then when 2:30 rolled around, you would not let the thief break into your house. They couldn't take anything because you knew you actively kept watch. Whenever we know that there is this urgent matter of salvation on the line, we keep watch. And that keeping watch is a focused, intentional effort that we cannot and must not procrastinate from. The second uh, invitation from Jesus, direction from Jesus, is to work, to work for the gospel. He describes it this way. He says, it's like a servant who's been entrusted with other servants. Whew, we're going to dig in there. It's a servant who's been entrusted with other servants. And when they've been entrusted with other servants, the question that Jesus has is, what would it be like for that servant to be found failing to care for those other servants when the return happens? Or, in contrast, would you want to be the one that has been given that responsibility to care for other servants and actually does it? Like leans in teaches, admonishes, feeds, clothes, does the whole thing, full of love, compassion, grace, and truth, the whole thing, or sitting back, taking it easy on the job. Jesus says, you have a job to do. I have entrusted servants to you. And the truth of the matter is, the Lord has entrusted a community to you and to me. This community in which we live, it is territory that is a gift from God that we have been entrusted stewardship over. And we've been in a thick space this last week or two. I knew leading up to Memorial Day weekend, as always, I began having well up within me this deep felt appreciation for those that laid down their life for me. And then I start to think about all the lives that were lost all too soon. And I wonder, I wonder who shared a word of grace with them. I pray that they experienced the love of Jesus in their lives. Over the last couple of weeks, I've had a number of you invite me into tender spaces where you share with me stories of ushering loved ones in from this life into the next as they have their coming home day and enter into glory eternal. And and, and you share with me questions of, 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 of why and questions of pain, but you also articulate for me how important it is to you. That they have and experience the assurance of grace. I've had some invite me into. Friends homes and relationships where they're in that space. I was able to share the gospel with people. Who knew that life was short. And life was precious. We even think. About uh, a dear sister in this community. Her name was Juanita. And earlier this week, she was riding her bike at 20 years old and she was hit by a car in front of the church and died. Life is tender, it is short, and we are vulnerable. And I began to wonder, we have been entrusted with stewardship of this community. Have we shared the gospel? Have we been at work? Or have we been caught relaxing on the job? I mean, we got got great excuses, like we've been busy, COVID sucks, I mean, COVID derailed everyone, so derailing the mission of the church, eh, we'll get back on mission someday, it could be, you know, procrastinated for a little while longer. or do we in one voice with intentionality with strength and fortitude say to one another no we've been we've been called to be on mission together to build a community connecting in Christ is not something that that waits or has some other day but it is today it doesn't wait for for COVID, it doesn't wait for, uh, for Jason to get back from sabbatical, it doesn't wait for, uh, for anything else. It is all about the moment you're entrusted with now. And what are you doing with it? Years ago at Covenant, we used to sing a song. I think it was written by some of our, our, our worship team uh, called Come, Lord Jesus. I loved this song. It was uh, for a, a few years. It was, you know, my heart song, and uh, "Come, Lord Jesus" was a reference to Revelation and an invitation for Jesus to return. and And I knew that it had the roots in the second coming. and, and as I would sing it, I would be so like filled with the Spirit, just like rest to say, "Yes, come, Lord Jesus, now I am ready. Now I, I want it." To be now, even while we're singing now, could there actually be a better time than when the people of God are singing come Lord Jesus than for Jesus to come? That was kind of my attitude with the song. And so uh, whether I was singing it in worship or singing it in my car, I just, I thought, yes. And the more I think about those feelings, the more I wonder... If the right motivations were there. Just because I have assurance of salvation doesn't mean that I should be asking for it to be now. Because the truth of the matter is, there is still work to be done. There are still people to tell about jesus there's still a community that you're entrusted with stewardship of and so uh i I don't want uh jesus to come yet i would love for jesus to wait because the longer he waits the more we could tell the more we could tell the more that can be saved the more that can be saved the more that will be in our eternal family in heaven how can we not want every moment available to us to share the gospel this is our invitation and our charge to keep watch and to work for the glory of God on mission together. We've been reminding ourselves over the last weeks in this Revive Mission series of, of, of the purpose that God has laid before us, the people of covenant, to build a community Connecting in Christ. And here's the capstone to do it with urgency. It cannot wait, it must not wait. It matters that much. Let's pray together. Gracious God. We thank you. We thank you for the gift of grace that we know in your Son Jesus Christ. We pray, O oh God, together as your people. A, a prayer of commitment. Lord, we are yours. Lord, we are yours this day and every day. Lord, we, we are we are servants. Uh, Ready to be put to work wherever you lead us, in in our workplaces, in our homes, in our neighborhoods, in our community, in the grocery store, in the gas station. Lord, wherever we are, we are yours ready to share Jesus with the world. Because that is all we need. Give me Jesus. Give this community Jesus. Jesus. We are ready, we are ready to be on mission for you. In Jesus' name we pray.